Amen. Well, we've been in a series uh, called In His Name, and we've been in that for a while, but we've been working up to some things, and I don't, we're not quite done. Um, but we're going to recap. We can't possibly say all the things that we've said up to this time, but, and so we're going to be resting on some of the things that we said before. If you haven't heard those messages, I encourage you to go back, listen to them. They'll be a blessing to you, and they build on one another. We've, we've set a lot of things in place, but I am going to go over some of the scriptures and... Um, just to kind of segue into what I really want to speak on today, what's on my heart to say today, but um, we're believing together that the right things are going to come out. I have so much here, and we don't want to just talk to talk. We, we want to get the right things out. Amen? Amen? So believe with me that we'll do that. I have so many things here, and I'd, uh, we need to cover the right things. But I am going to cover a few scriptures so that, that uh, at least we're together going forward. So we'll put these up on the screen. Uh, we don't took take time to turn to some of these uh, in general. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. He said, Jesus, uh, in verse 18, it says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so we've covered some of these things, but briefly, uh, all authority has been given to Jesus. Look what he did the next thing he did. In verse 19, he said, Go therefore and make disciples. So he said, all authority has been given to me. You go, therefore. He is delegating that authority to his disciples and to the church. So he gave them authority to go, and he said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, verse 15. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Now notice here, it didn't say these signs will follow certain individuals, ministers, or evangelists, or prophets, or pastors, teachers, apostles. It said these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, uh, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Um, 2 Corinthians, we'll just put this up quick. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. It says here, we are Christ's ambassadors. We spent a good amount of time on that. An ambassador is a messenger, is a representative of an organization, could be a government, state, whatever, but it is a person that's authorized to act on behalf of that group. And so the Bible says here, we are Christ's ambassadors. And so when he says in Mark that we just read, in my name do these things, he is giving authorization in his name, in his authority, in his ability, and all that name stands for to do these things. 
it, and we've said these things, but just in recapping, the name of Jesus is not a tagline on the end of prayers. The name of Jesus is his, uh, all he is, uh, his name represents everything Jesus is. And when, it, when the Bible says in his name to do things, it means in who he is, in that authority, in that ability to do them. And like we gave, you know, examples, if you act on the behalf of a, a, a company, of an organization, and they, they tell you, authorize you to do something, you are acting in, like let's say, you, you know, a certain company tells you to go make a purchase. Well, when you go, you are doing that in their name. You are acting in their name. That's what we're talking about. When we talk about in the name of Jesus, it's on his behalf. It is not a catchphrase. It's not a magic phrase. It's not something that you tag on that it just makes everything work. It is actually, what it really means is you are standing as a representative, as an ambassador, doing what he would do if he were here. That's what an ambassador does. That's what a messenger, you know, somebody that speaks on behalf of an organization or a person, you have authorization to act on behalf of as if they were there. And that's what we've been uh, spending some time on. Look at Mark 16, 19. So this is right after the verses we just read in Mark. In fact, let's go back and read verse 17 if we can. And then we'll go right up into... Uh, let's read 17 and 18 and then go to uh, 19. Can you go back to 617 or 1617? So we'll start at 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe. Notice, in my name, they will cast out demons. And you could, you could read this. This is a list. So he's saying, in my name, you're going to do these things. In my name, they will cast out demons. You could say, in my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. In my name, they will, if they drink anything deadly... It will by no means hurt them. In my name, they will, hand, lay, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, verse 19 then, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out pre and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So, they went out. Jesus said, you go do these things. Those that believe will act in my name as if I'm there. And the, 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 the disciples went out and did that very thing. They went out and the Bible says the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through the accompanying signs. So Jesus authorized them to go into the world. And then... Um, the Lord, he backed up what they were saying by the power of God. Now, we spent some time on that. And we, uh, we, we read um, 1 Corinthians 2. Let's just read through this quick and then we'll, we'll go forward. 1 Corinthians uh, 2 verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come to you, come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in, in, but in the power of God. So we spent some time here these last several weeks. Paul is saying, I didn't come to you with flashy words. I didn't come to you with finely tuned arguments. I didn't come to you with eloquent speech. I came to you, he says in verse 4, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And we read how that means it's a support. It's a confirmation. The demonstration means to give credence to. So he preached a word, and it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's not about all the flashy, the words, because like we said, every religion on the face of the earth has words. They have systems. They have holy books. They have prophets or re revered individuals. So what is going to make the difference when we as Christians are saying, this is the word of God, and they will show you their book and say, this is the word of God. And you have a third group that say, this is the word of God, and they'll show you their book. They'll say, Jesus is the son of God. Well, this person's a prophet. This is who we believe. Well, you can go through, and the, the argument just will go in circles, because why should I believe you? Ask yourself the question. We can believe the word. People can believe the word because it's the word of God. But that's not all we've been given. The Bible says that we're to go out and we're supposed to have power backing up what we do. What is that doing? God is supposed to say it's giving uh, affirmation to you. It's a stamp saying this is truly my word. If people are going to presume to speak on behalf of God... God is saying, I will back you up as you preach the word. That's what he said. He said, you go out in my name, you do these things. And then the Bible says they went out and they did these things. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Romans 1.16, now we're still kind of reviewing here. That's why I'm going through some of this. Go back and listen to some of the messages if you missed them, Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. Romans 15.18, we read this last week. It said, For I, dare not, I, dare, I, I, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about Elycrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Now, there's so much we could go into here. Jesus, I'm just going to read you a little bit of this. Jesus went about doing he went about preaching, teaching, preaching, 
and healing. And we as his representatives are to do the same thing. And this is what I want to touch on today. He gave us his name and his authority to do that. But let's just look at a couple scriptures. What did he do? Luke 6, we could, we could spend today and tomorrow and all just looking at all the accounts of what Jesus did, but let's look at a few. But then I want to get into what did the church do? And what did they do? How did they, what did it look like? Because that's what we're supposed to do. See, God's playbook has not changed. Did you hear me? Just because we're in 2019, his playbook has not changed. Might look a little different. I mean, they didn't have a building that looked like this. They surely didn't have drums and electronic keyboard. This stuff is fine, but this is not the meat. This is not the central thing. And his playbook has not changed fundamentally. So when we look at what the early church do, did, we can look at it and say, what are we supposed to be doing? Might look a little bit different. But the fundamental, the heart of it should be the same. And the question we need to ask is, what would Jesus do if he were here? Forget all of our excuses. Forget all of our, you know, reasoning. What would he do in given situation if he were here? Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Because we're his representatives. If we, if we were representatives of a, uh, you know, a, if we were an ambassador of a country or something, we show up and go, well, I don't really know what they do, but this is a different situation, so we're going to make up something different and do that. And then they come and visit and go, well, this is not what I would do. Well, yeah, but and give them a bunch of excuses why you couldn't do it. Well, this is a different age. I mean, we can't do that. Well, that's not the same as doing what you were sent to do. Luke 6, 17, let's read through these quick. It says, verse 17 says, And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Notice, they came to hear him and be healed. They already knew there's something going on here. They came to hear. I'm just reading these things over you guys. They'll put them up on the screen, but we'll get to turn to some things in a minute. Verse 18, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for what? Power went out from him and healed them all. Just imagine, this is the Christ, this is what he did. This is not just what he's supposed to do because he told us that those who believe, will do, we'll read in a second, we're supposed to do what he did and more. It said, the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed him all. Healed them all. Matthew 4, 23 says, And Jesus went about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went out, went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So they are bringing all kinds of people to Jesus. Why? Because they heard something, because they believed something, and it wasn't just an empty belief. That's, it happened. People were healed by the multitude. 
Now, John 14, verse 12. <clears throat> now, we read in, in, in Mark, he said, in, in my name, the one that believe are going to do these things. Now, look at this. John 14, verse 12 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Notice it says, he who believes in me. He who believes in me. He who believes in me. It didn't say special people. Now, are there different anointings, especially God moves in different ways through different people? Yes, but that's not what this is talking about. It just said, he who believes in me. It said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Notice that he said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, anything according to his will, it's qualified. You know, I ask you, God, to strike this person dead. Well, that's not in his will. You can't just ask anything. It's got to be according to what he will. How do we know what his will is? Through his word and through his spirit. But his spirit will always agree with his word. In other words, you're never going to find God. People say, God told me such and such. Well, you better be able to back it up in the structure of the word. He's not going to give specific instruction in the Bible to you for your life. In other words, it doesn't say in the Bible, such and such, such and such person will marry such and such. It doesn't tell you what job to take. It doesn't tell you where to live. But the general framework, it's going to tell you how to make those decisions and how to be led by the spirit of God. So... We need to be led by His Spirit, but what He tells you in His Word, you can bank on. There's no question about His will when we can see it in the Word. And what He, what he tells you personally by His Spirit, we need to, to get uh, a, a witness inside and understand and, and learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. What He tells you then, and you know, uh, then you can rely on that. It doesn't violate Scripture. It's in line with His Word. You can bank on that just like the Word of God because it is the Word of God. It's not the written Word of God, but it's the Word of God to you. But that will never violate Scripture. But He said, whatever you ask in my name, or if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I'm going to touch on, the, I'm going to read you a few Scriptures, and we're going to go back and look at these a little bit. But what it's actually saying when it says, if you ask anything in my name, John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now, I'm just reading through. I'll make some comments on this in just a minute. Notice that's a little bit different. He said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And then I want to read you John 16, 23. Why don't you go ahead, if you haven't already, we'll, we'll turn here. Go ahead and turn there, John, so you can lay your eyes on it in the Word. And then I, I believe we're going to be looking at some things in Acts, and you'll be able to turn there. But go ahead and turn these, because and, and they're going to flip back to the other ones. But look at it in your Bible, or on your phone, or whatever you actually use. That's fine. 
John 16, verse 23. <clears throat> Everybody there? It says, In that day you will ask me nothing. What day? This day we're living in now. He's referring to this day, not a specific day. In that day, this age of grace we're living in now. He's saying, you will ask me nothing. See, he's living with them right now. They may have asked him certain things, but the day we live in, uh, you don't, Jesus is not walking the flesh. He's at the right hand of the Father. But he has given us his name and his authority to act on his behalf. It says, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be, fill, may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. And that day you will ask in my name. I do not say that I, uh, that I shall pray the Father for you. So he's saying in that day you're going to ask whatever you ask the Father in my name. He will give you. Now, I want to touch on a few things because the word ask there, that's translated ask. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar, but you can go and look at things that, by people that are and look and get the sentiment. And we're going to look at what they were actually doing with the name of Jesus in Acts. And you can see how it is used and how they were acting. And that gives us a sense of what we're supposed to do. And it bears witness with these things I'm going to say. Now, that word... That is translated ask. It's translated in the King James Version, ask, beg, call for, crave, desire, and require. So it is translated in places beg or call for, but it's also translated desire or require. Now, in a different place, in, in when I was looking these things up, it says compare this word to a different word here. I could give you, if you're curious, I can show them to you, but there's no use in me saying them. But uh, in, in, that, in the notes on that, it's a different type of word. And it means like a, to, to, to ask like, hey, you know, what's the, how, many, how much does this cost type of thing. And so it's contrasting it with this word. But it says this word is different from... This word that's translated here that we're looking at, and here the comment on that word is, that word, the word that we're talking about, ask, means a, to strictly a demand for something due. So this comment on the word that we're talking about in these verses, which is translated ask, yet you will ask something in my name, it, it is actually a demand for something due. So when we go back and look, now there's different ways this is used. We are looking at this word, this when it says, ask in my name and I will do it. You can read that, I will demand. Now you're not demanding anything of God, but notice the way it says it here, demanding something that's due. You're not demanding something of God, you're demanding something of the devil that Jesus bought and paid for by his name. Now let's go back to John 14, 
And I'll show you, uh, we'll read through this. John 14, verse 12. says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So you could read that, whatever you demand in my name, that I will do. And that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This is not talking about prayer. This right here is not talking about prayer. We'll see in the other verse it is talking about prayer. New Testament prayer is praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. New Testament prayer is asking of the Father in the name of Jesus. But this right here is not talking about prayer. This is saying, if you ask or demand anything in my name, then I'll do it. It'll be done. Now, verse, we'll go over this, you know, some of these different parts, but just bear with me. John 15, 16. It says, You did not choose me, but I choose you, chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. See, that is prayer. You're asking the Father something in Jesus' name. And that's why we can pray, we can ask something in the name of Jesus, and it be done for us. But I want to show you some things in Acts. Verse in chapter 14, that's not what this is talking about. It is not talking about asking the Father something. There is not asking. It is more of what would be in that, that word of demanding something be done. And we will see examples that when the, the apostles and the, the disciples, and it's not just the 12 apostles, the, the, the disciples and the believers went out and they did something in the name of Jesus. So we're talking about here, we are, are, are covering acting in his name, acting in his authority, acting on his behalf. Well, what does that mean? That means going about in his authority, doing what he would do if he were there. And I want to show you some things about the way this is done in the, new, in the, the early church. Are you guys with me? I know we're covered. We're going we're gonna to go over a few things. So there is prayer. The name of Jesus can be used in prayer. So when we're praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, bless, you know, we ask you to bless this food and the nourishment of our body. In the name of Jesus, that's, that's perfectly fine. You can pray in the name of Jesus, but you can also save, say and give a command in the name of Jesus. The way we saw Jesus going about preaching and people were healed. And we see the disciple, we see the, the early church doing the same thing. And if you look at how they did it, they are not praying about it. They're not going, God, please heal this person. You can't find a place where they did that. So we need to let the Bible be our model. What did they do, and how are we supposed to do it? 
Philippians, just let, in passing, as we're going there, let me read this to you. Philippians 9, verse 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee of every named thing has to bow to the name of Jesus. It is the highest name in the universe, and we have been authorized to use it. Now, we have ramped up and, and spent so much time laying a groundwork to get to these things that we've been covering. We need to understand that you, me, a believer, has authority to use the name of Jesus. And we see some examples of what that means here. And, and what it means in relation to interacting with other people. And what it means in relation to spreading the gospel. And what the, the disciples did. Now we read, and we're not going to take time to go back over, but go back and read... Um, or go back and listen to those earlier messages. We also covered how in Luke, um, and there's other, Luke and Matthew, we didn't read Matthew last time, but Luke, there's, he didn't just, God, uh, Jesus did not just give power to his disciples. He gave them power and authority to go out and to heal and to deal with demons, but he also gave it to the 70 disciples. And there's nothing in the Word of God that says it was limited to any of those. In fact, we've read several scriptures that says, He who believes will do these things. It did not stipulate it was only a certain group of people. It just said, He who believes. Those that believe in my name, they will do such and such. Those that believe, they will do greater works than me. They will do these works and greater. Did we not just read those? And you can go back and look at them. The Bible just says, Believers will do such and such. And he said... If you ask anything in my name, it will be done. Will be. And it, we've read that we are ambassadors for Christ. Everybody say, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. For, the Lord Jesus. for the Lord Jesus. What he would do, he would do. is what I'm, what I'm supposed to do. Amen. Amen. What he would do is what I'm supposed to do on this earth. When I walk, we should be thinking, I'm a representative of Jesus. What would he do in this situation? And it is not just pie in the sky. We need to understand what has been given to us. And as we get a hold of what's been given to us and get firm in that, then we can act on it. See, it works by faith. But we need to understand this is a reality and has been done. And we can look. Now let's look at a few examples. We're going to go through Acts some and look at these. We looked at this one last week, but uh, it won't hurt us to go through this uh, some again. Acts 3 verse 1. Go ahead and turn over to Acts because we're going to, we're going to just go through a few of these examples. <clears throat> Are you guys okay? Everybody say, I am listening. Say, I'm listening with my heart. If your heart, that's why we prayed at the beginning. We're, we're, we're open. Let this, see the Spirit of God through His Word and through His Spirit is speaking to our hearts. This book is alive. 
This book is for 2019. This book, what we're reading right now, is some, not, some archaic fairy tale. It is reality, and it is the way things operate in the world if we'll, ta- if we'll tap into it. And it is not for somebody else. And it is not for some other age. And we have given into a lot of counterfeits for what we're about to read is the way it is supposed to work, and it is not passed away. Amen. 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 Acts 3, verse 1. It says, now Peter and John, now this is after Jesus was crucified and buried and rose from the dead and won the battle. He came up victorious and ascended to the right hand of the Father. This is after, now Peter and John, this is after the day of Pentecost. This is after people, the, the, the Spirit of God was poured out on individuals and they went out in power. They, Peter was preaching and 3,000 people got saved. And now, now Peter's going up to the temple. So Peter and John went up to the temple to the, at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms from those or he asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, but what I do have I give you. Now notice what he did. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What did he do? Did he stop? Did he pray, God, is this your will? Did he say, God, would you please heal this man? God, he suffered his whole life. He's never walked. He's been lame from his mother's womb. God, would you please heal him? Did he even ask him to heal him in the name of Jesus? No. What did he do? He, He just looked at him and he said, what I have, I give you. Why does he have it? Because it's been delegated to him by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has authority. He knows his authority. And he's using his authority. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He did not pray about it. He did not seek God about it. He did not say, oh God, this man has suffered so much. You have mercy on him. He didn't do any of that. He just said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now look, we'll read through some of this. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his... See, he grabbed him. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him, and he lifted him up, and that man got up. Don't you know, the man had to react. The man could have said, I can't walk. But he reacted to it. He, he got up, and his ankle bones were made straight, strong, and he stood up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered, uh, uh, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Could you imagine? This is not a fairy tale. This is happening all over the world. The only reason it hasn't happened in different places is because we're not acting on it and we don't believe it. And it has become a fairy tale to us. But this is the way the gospel is preached in the world. And it is happening. And I've seen it happen. 
And people react to it because they, they, they're not so as much in their head. But now we're going to keep going over these things. They, people, when they don't have somebody they can go to to get help, and they're in the middle of nowhere, and you come and you offer, their faith, their believing, their pulling, the Spirit of God has a chance to operate. You know what we do so many times? Eh. In this world, you can't get people... Well, I'm not going to get off on something else, but you, people are not reacting and not looking. And, and the church as a whole, they haven't seen certain things, so they backed off. Mm. Well, we don't know. And I'll be really bold right now. We have substituted the brass for the gold. You know what I mean by that? In the, old, in the, old, in the, the, the temple, they, they, had, they used to have all the gold fixtures, and they, started, they, they swapped it out with brass because... Stuff wasn't there anymore, and they were messing with things they shouldn't have been messing with. And now they had brass instead of the real. We're supposed to have the real. Amen. Now, in the United States of America. Amen. And it has been given to us, and we're going to see it. Amen. God has not passed over. He has not gone to sleep. He is the same God. Everything we're reading as you read it, you imagine it happening now. You imagine, you see yourself with this authority and this ability because we have it. It's been given to us. It's just we don't believe it. We don't act like it's true because something happened and we, well, we don't know. Yes, there are pockets of different things, but by and large, we've started substituting other things for this is the way it's supposed to get out. Is that too bold? Just look at this and imagine this happening. You don't need a bunch of other stuff when this is happening. So then they... Well, we'll read through some of this. Let's look, look at it. Verse 10. So he's walking, leaping, and praising God. Verse 19, all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Guys, look, they know this guy. They know who he is. Oh, I want to get into to things here. We're getting into it. But just make this real to you. And imagine it, these people know who this guy is because he's there every time the doors open. They carry him there to beg. They know him. This is not some guy, this is not, see, this isn't somebody, you know, on some video on YouTube that people are questioning, has it been doctored or some Photoshop thing? They're going, I know this dude, he could not walk, he's walking. Do you imagine the euphoria? People are like, what, John? He's walking. He's never walked. What is going on? Imagine that. Imagine that now. Not some, oh, well, I don't know if he got anything. No, you can stand and see the guy's got something. This isn't some fake. Do you realize how much people have, they've said, well, that's not true. You know, faith healers and stuff. They don't understand what they're talking about. Either the power of God's real or not. And when you're faced with that, what are you going to do? Guys have walked for 40 years, now he's walking. Guys, this is for us. This is for now. This is just for us to take it and say, this is the truth. We are going to walk in it. This will happen. 
There is no alternative. There's alternatives, but it's just, what are we playing with? Either the Word of God works or it doesn't work. Either what we're reading right now is true, and it's historical, and it's our manual, or it's not. And if it's not, then let's not play games. Let's, let's just admit, we don't know what we're talking about. It doesn't, we're not any different than any of the other quote-unquote religions. But guys, this is happening all over the world. Praise God. You know the churches that are blowing up all over the world, you know what they are? Spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-believing, speaking in tongues, power of God-believing churches. America has dumbed it down to be something else. And I'll tell you this right now, I'll be this bold. I talked to somebody that's been overseas and they say this Certain thing, the seeker-sensitive stuff is an American-only thing. That's not how churches are growing all over, the United, all over the world. They are basing their ministry on the power of God and the moving of the Holy Spirit. It is an American-only thing. Amen. We have traded the, bra- the gold for the brass. We've compromised. But glory to God, we don't have to. Amen? Amen. Verse 10, Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Imagine the people. They're filled with wonder. They're like, what? For real? You're kidding me. Do you understand? Do we understand what that does to people? You mean they're walking for real? Not some doctored thing, you know, over in some overseas this happened down the street? Are you kidding? Do you, and this, this, these things are happening for real? There's hope for people that don't have hope then. See, all the religion gets cut out of it like that. You mean stuff is actually happening? I don't care. People start pushing to get because people need something. There are certain things where people are hopeless. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed, on, healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. Notice they are coming in. This is drawing a crowd. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? See, they're looking at him like, who are these guys? They are you know, wizards or something? What's going on? Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you have delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, listen, and his name through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. What made him strong? The name of Jesus, through faith in that name. 
made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now look at, just keep going, just skip down though to Acts uh, 4, verse um, 1. So, he gets, so Peter starts preaching to him and, and telling him, you know, you, you killed the, the Son of God, but you did in ignorance. And, and so then people were listening. But verse 1, now as they spoke to the people, to the, pre, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. Sadducees, and they were great, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. So was everybody impressed? Nope. Verse 4, however, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. So now, people came to Jesus. What? They saw something, they're like, well, it gave backup to the word of God. It, it gave a stamp saying, this is God. Well, how? The dude's walking. The guy, the guy that's been down every day by the temple, he's walking. What? He's walking? And people are like, that's not possible. It is possible. I said it is possible. It's possible now. It's possible. It's not only possible, it's what we're supposed to do. Glory to God. Oh, praise God. So much here. Let's keep going here. Verse 5, And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Notice, they, they know what, in the framework, he's saying, By what power and by what name? How are you doing this? But notice this, this is what blows my mind. They know he's doing something, they see it, and yet they want to kill these people. So is everybody going to be impressed? Is everybody going to go, oh, wow, the gospel's really true. Wow. No, that's not going to happen. But there will be a lot of people that will. But then there are going to be people that just grit their teeth and say, ah, oh, fake, no, what do you, and try to shut it down. Happened in Jesus' day, happened with Jesus himself. They would be there going, watch, I bet you he's going to heal on the Sabbath. They came and they were, they, you know, man with the withered hand, let's see if he heals him. Oh, he healed him. And then Jesus tell them, what? You know what, you have a, 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 an animal fall in a ditch? Which one of you guys isn't going to pull him out? He's like, you hypocrites. But they are looking for him to heal. They know he's going to heal. They know he's going to do something, yet they're mad at him and they still want to kill him. And then this is a little bit later. Same guys. Like what? They pull him in and go, how did you do this? Tell me how you did that. What name and what authority you're doing it? Verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, we're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know there's all kinds of stuff that's dumbed down the church to where it's just, well, just... 
come in. I'm not, people are getting people saved. Thank God. But we're not supposed to be limited to just being a social club or being super cool. We are supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God and move with the power of God. It is supposed to be our trademark. As the church, not as Pentecostal, charismatic, Holy Ghost, none of that. It's supposed to be the church. Because Jesus ordained it. He gave us authority. He's the one that said, in my name you'll do these things. No man said that in the 1900s or the 2000s. That's not a man. People say, well, you're just following so-and-so. This is the Bible. I have not quoted from one other person besides the Bible in the, the Greek uh, dictionary. Let the Bible be the Bible. And you cannot find one scripture in the Bible that says any of this stuff has stopped. Not one scripture. That's a man's doctrine. You know why? Because things didn't work and people, instead of finding out why it didn't work, they made up excuses and started saying it didn't work. And the Bible, it's passed away. And then they make these cloud, these, these, you know, build these arguments and stuff about why stuff doesn't work and why we don't believe in it, when the simple fact is the Bible says one thing and we need to contend for those results. Guys, if we have this result, nobody will care about anything else we're doing. They'll be like, my people are being healed. Here, here's my son. They can't do anything with him. Can you do something with him? That my daughter's dying. Can you do something with them? I've had this for 15 years. Can you do something? And it's for unbelievers just as much as believers. The name of Jesus will work because we're supposed to go out and heal the sick. Now they need to, if somebody's going, well, fine, you know, if they're, if they're pulling back from it, God may be able to work in that situation. But if people are open, even if they're not saved yet, the Bible clearly gives the image that healing and these things are a dinner bell and God's way of advertising, saying this is true. Glory to God. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has made... He has been made well. Let it be known to you all and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you here whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter, John, notice they're bold. They're like, this is what's going on. They are doing the work of God. They are bold. Why are they bold? They know what their rights and privileges are, and they're not backing down. <clears throat> and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They, were, they marveled. Guys, we are way too heady, way too intellectual in our day and age. We've been talked out of things. The, 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 the society has gotten to be like, well, prove it, prove it, and well, explain it to me. Well, we're not going to be able to explain everything. We need to believe what the Word of God says and act on it. Our, your head will get in the way. I said your head will get in the way. We can't go by our head. We have to go by 
what the Word of God says and what the Spirit of God, through His Word and through His Spirit, is prompting us. <clears throat> they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. I love that. They're ticked, but they're like, that dude can walk. What are we supposed to say? They are so mad, and they're so mad, but the guy is walking. So what? they're like, they can't say anything. I mean, you imagine this. That is giving complete credence to their message. That is saying, these guys are so ticked and want to take them and bind them so bad, but they're like, yeah, but the guy just got healed. What are we going to say? Exactly. What can they say? It's not true. It's a fairy tale. They can only say that if we don't have any proof to back it up, if we don't have any results. I don't blame people, honestly. I don't blame people. If people, if we're going to preach it and we don't see it, then what are we? If we don't see it, if we preach it and we don't see it, then why believe it? But if it's because we have not, we have not seen what the Word of God says and we have not taken it for what it is and acted on it, then we need to press through till we see what the Bible says we can see. Amen. Verse 15, when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them, is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. So everybody knows about it, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people. So they're concerned with this spreading. They're like, yeah, okay, guy got healed, but we've got to make sure this stops here and now. That's what they're saying. Let us severely threaten them that they no longer, or they, that now on, that, they, that from now on they, they speak to no man in what? In this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, more than to God you judge, for we cannot speak the things which you have seen and heard, which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since all glorified God for what had been done. For the man who was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. They all know. They said they can't say anything more about it. Because this guy has been like this for 40 years, and now he's not. Praise God. Now, I have so much more that we could get to. We're not going to at this point, but just to go through different, more examples in the Word. You see one there, but there's more examples just going through Acts, where the name of Jesus was spoken, was used, or they were acting in that name. They didn't necessarily even say, in the name of Jesus, but they are acting in that authority. Just because you act on a company's behalf doesn't mean you got to go, in the name of company, I'm right, I'm buying this. In the name of, I mean, you're, by you signing the check, you are doing that. By you showing up and saying, I'm ordering such and such, you don't have to say, oh, by the way, in the name of such and such. You, you are doing it. And you see they're acting, but they're not stopping and praying. They're saying, this should be so, and it is. I believe we'll get to more of that. Praise God. Let's pray.